0: Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea of Prince Podcast. I'm Christy and this is Josh and we're so glad you're back here with us today. Today we are going to talk about Rave and to the Joy Fantastic. Last time we had our very first singular episode where we talked about everything from an album with Dirty Mind. This time we're starting I guess we'll have to call it a series.
1: It's a uh, trilogy.
0: Uh, It's going to be a trilogy because there's so much material. Today, we're going to talk about the album itself. The, what, 15 songs we have? 16, 15. Well, we'll count them as we go along.
1: It's a teenager, (laughs) a driving age.
0: Yep. And then the next time, we're going to check out all of the... Uh, Musical promotion that went with this. There was a remix album, a maxi single, some related artists, and we're also going to look at the websites that were out at this time. And then in the following episode, there was a lot of video. So we're going to talk about the New Year's Eve special, the greatest romance video, and the slew of television appearances that yeah. they were promoting this Yeah, app.
1: all overseas television, yeah. I think, right?
0: Yeah, everything I found was overseas. and did yeah. find anything. It was all new, so that was pretty exciting to Unless you're so, listening
1: overseas in which they were home turf uh, performances. Well,
0: then they're familiar to you. Yeah. They were unfamiliar to me. <laughs> so, And I haven't watched all of them, All the way through yet, but so I'm looking forward to that because there's a lot of them. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he did the same thing over and over again, as it will be the next time since there's an entire remix album of this album.
1: Yeah, very interesting that that, you know, for this album that was you know, sort of labeled a comeback album, that there was not a tour associated with it.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, you know, I guess you could account it to some tumultuous personal times in his life, that kind of thing, but there were, uh, like you said, a lot of uh, television appearances and promotions overseas just never really made a big impact uh, here on our home turf yeah. the U.S.
0: Yeah, but we'll get to that in the future.
1: we got a ton of time for that.
0: Right now, we have three episodes, or two more episodes to talk about all that stuff later. Today, we're talking about the album proper. So...
1: All right, so Rave unto the Joy Fantastic. If you had been a Prince fan and had been following him closely for a number of years, the title track on this album did not come as a surprise to you. It was uh, almost pulled directly from The Vault 10 years ago. You know, we started this podcast with a look at Love Sexy, and this was supposed to be the follow up, the title for the follow up album for Love Sexy. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: it was abandoned when he was approached to do the music for the Batman soundtrack. Okay. So
0: this was. The Batman soundtrack was instead of this yes. album. Yeah, the original
1: Raven to the Joy Fantastic album, which had a completely different track list than this one, aside from the title track, was meant to be the follow-up to Love, Sexy in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Burton and Jack Nicholson got in touch with Prince and wanted him to do a song for the Batman movie in 1989. And if you know Prince, he doesn't do one thing at a time. Of course, he he offered an entire album, and they were quick to take him up on that. Yeah,
0: that was smart.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Rave, the version of Rave into the Joy Fantastic that we had came out at the end of 1999 in, on November 2nd. Um, It was the first and only Prince album to be distributed by Arista, which Mm -hmm. I think was kind of interesting.
0: His 23rd studio
1: album. 23rd studio album, so it's incredible. Here we are.
0: Less than 20 years, he had 23 studio albums. Yeah, well, 21
1: years by now 78 through 99. Oh,
0: 78,
1: that's right. Yep, so. But yeah.
0: 19 years since. The last album that we talked about. That's what I'm thinking
1: Yeah, you're right. Since we looked at Dirty Mind, and wow, what a a different kind of record uh, compared to Dirty Mind here 19 (laughs) years later. Yeah. Um, So it was interesting that this was his first major album since Emancipation in 1996 um, with a major label. Right. Um, It was a one-year, one-album deal that he signed with Arista and partnered with Clive Davis, who was a legendary record executive. And um, the whole concept of the album was you know, hoping to capture the magic that happened with Santana's album Supernatural by partnering Prince up with other superstars for cameos on the album. Right. Unfortunately, Clive Davis left Arista shortly after uh, this album was released at the end of 1999. So, you know, Prince has done plenty of self-sabotaging through creative choices (laughs) in his life, but this is one of two I can think of that were... Really not his fault. The first being what happened with Emancipation. It was on EMI, and EMI folded after Emancipation right. came out. There was a year-long plan or more of, of yeah,
0: oh, singles, singles and promotion and, yeah. for that album.
1: And it was just sort of abandoned. And, then, and of oh, course, too bad. you know, Prince was ready to move on anyway by that time. And so here we have... Uh, Clive Davis leaving, and that definitely had an effect on the album's success, too.
0: Yeah, it didn't do terribly. It reached uh, 18 on the Billboard 200 and Mm -hmm. 8 on the uh, Billboard Top...
1: Yeah, there was definitely buzz surrounding it and it was still, you know, a little pre-internet hype. You know, the internet was around and Prince had embraced it by then and had a couple, three different websites at that point and an 800 number also to (laughs) call. You could reach Prince toll free (laughs) at the end of the century. Yeah,
0: you, well, you wouldn't get Prince, but you'd get somebody in Probably in Paisley Park. Right.
1: Someone's there talking to you. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're right. It was an album was certified gold by the end of 1999. Yeah. Uh, December
0: 10th. Only like a, just a little over a month after yeah. it was released, which is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it was. Especially, you know, 23 albums into a career. And he was sort of, <laughs> you know, not real popular at this time. Yeah, he had disappeared he, and people yeah. are like, is Prince still around or what's going on? He wasn't going by the name of Prince at that time. Right.
0: Either. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was weird. I remember, like, being excited about it and people being like, wait, he's still putting out albums? Like, yeah. Wait. And, and I'm like, yes, and they're amazing. Yeah, you should listen to and them. he put out
1: six, seven, eight discs of music between 1996 and 1999. They right. were just... Um, you know, sort of underground. But yeah, like you said, it was the first for Prince album in a while to be certified gold since Emancipation, but I think still overall considered a a little bit of a sales disappointment considering Clive Davis and other superstars' involvement and the setup to make this a big comeback album for him, and it just didn't really pan out.
0: Right. And all the guests on the album, which there are quite a lot, were paid not by with money, but rather by Prince working with them on a project in the future, which happened for some of them, but not all of them is my understanding. Or if
1: it did happen for them, they it never, never got, never released. got released. So mm-hmm. maybe some of that will come to light, but you're right. I mean, this was a time when Prince was very anti-contract, you know, yeah. he, I would say it was a one album agreement with Arista, you know, for distribution. Yeah. Um, certainly he wasn't under contract and he was not an artist signed to Arista. Well, and he didn't label. have
0: to really answer to them, but anything he put on the album or how it was designed or yes
1: and no, he complained about this album quite a bit of Clive Davis's really? involvement and was said to be not super happy with the final configuration mm. and he and Steve Park had submitted album artwork that got rejected and really? Arista wanted oh, him I on the cover
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah I think in Steve Park's book he talks about this where um, he there was an alternate uh, album cover that was the, the original intention oh. and it was rejected with the label saying no if this is going to be a partnership oh. with us then we want Prince's picture on the cover oh. Uh, I can appreciate
0: so, where they're coming from but uh, well, at the same time
1: and then the answer to it was that's the story as to why there was a remix album associated with oh, it was that prince wanted to okay. reapproach it you know we keep saying prince it was the artist formerly known as prince for this album he's although prince. weirdly this album was produced by prince <laughs> composed <laughs> arranged and performed by the artist formerly known as prince with him saying well prince is a great producer so he's back <laughs> Even though five years ago we had you know <laughs> Prince's funeral on the album uh, on the album cover for for the album Come, so it was definitely a confusing time if you weren't closely following Prince. I think to the oh, general okay. public it was weird, uh, well, strange, weird behavior. It's an odd picture on the cover of the album, really... so it's not something you would look at and say, "Oh, I got to pick that up." We've got. It's got some cool effects to it with the gold with the foil and the the blue. blue The blue foil is cool. It's
0: really cool. I don't like the picture. I understand this is quite divisive among Prince circles. Yeah. That. Either people really like this, they love this look, they're totally cool with his little like braided hair things, right. and the Smurf suit, yeah. or they don't yeah. like it at all. Yeah. I think I fall into the latter you don't camp. like it at
1: all? Not yeah, really. I mean, the blue unitard thing, I mean, it was the kind of thing, again, only an artist like Prince could pull off, I think.
0: Well, and I don't think the unitard would have bothered me if his hair were different, or the hair wouldn't have bothered me if his... Mm-hmm. The outfit was different, but I uh, didn't care for.
1: Didn't work for you. Didn't
0: all together.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't yeah. argue it, and it does date the album. I think a little bit too. This was sort <laughs> a of. A little. <laughs> it was, you know, into the nineties. You know, fashion choices were a matter of opinion, I guess, at that <laughs> point. So.
0: Yeah, I think the um, font on this is a little difficult to read. Like the it's okay on the cover, mm-hmm. but the. Actual song the oh, no, on the back. The, the, on the back, the song.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a bubbly, yeah, warped and kind of thing. It's kind of
0: hard to read, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. It's kind of configuration for a CD box. Yeah, kind of um, a
1: plastic, almost recycled yeah, or recyclable yeah. thing, not in a typical jewel case.
0: Yeah, and which is. Good, but, I mean, we're not particularly hard on our CDs, and I can see where it hasn't aged particularly well. Like, some of the white printing has rubbed Mm -hmm. off on what it must be silver underneath. Yeah, foil's underneath, and and then the white opaque is on top of mm -hmm. it. You're right. And so, you know, that was a little... Disappointing for me. but Yeah,
1: although we don't pull the CDs out very often no, anyway. No, we, we pulled don't. it out for the sake of reviewing it yeah. for this album, but um, yeah, the CDs are yeah. ripped and all digital for us. Right. It's got a cool booklet, like a single page insert that's basically got a poster of Prince. You don't see Prince in a pool very often <laughs> with a Tron like robotic hand. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like he's becoming one with the water.
1: He is, which is it's cool. This again, this it's is like fine. the, you know, uh if if I if you go back again to Steve Park, the graphic designer who was working for Prince at the time, his book, this was, you know, sort of when Photoshop was really starting to become very powerful, very easy to manipulate images. Right.
0: Oh, this is about the time when they started adding layers yeah, so a that you didn't this, like
1: screw yes, up. You could edit non destructively. <laughs> <You
0: could, laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, um, I remember I remember you being very excited about that, and that was not terribly long before yeah, this. this album came out. Yeah.
1: Fortunately, we do get a lyric sheet also, which is yes, not helpful. something that Prince always did, but I think with this album it's definitely helpful because there are places, even for me, having listened to this album, Hundred and fifty plus times before. Uh-huh. There are parts of it where I just mouth words along because <laughs> I don't know what he's really saying. So it gave me an opportunity to go back and actually read this again, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That was fun. Um it's interesting they've got the little he's got inside the cover, um on the actual jewel case itself, a little commentary about sheep and which I you know, is fine. He can totally have whatever kind of commentary he wanted, and I appreciate where he was coming from with this. But I thought it was really funny, coupled with the diamonds, because diamonds have a very shady backstory. Yeah, child for the labor. Most, and uh, yeah, the whole blood diamonds and all of that mess. And, you know, he's talking about the sheep, and yet he's wearing... No, it may not be real diamonds. It's Prince. It probably is. Mm-hmm. But... I just it, and not to say that you can't have a commentary about one thing and not talk about something else because you totally can. But it was really funny that he would choose to have diamonds next to yeah a commentary Although, about sheep.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, the sheep thing I think is a carryover from his acoustic album that came out a couple of years ago. He had a song "Animal Kingdom" where right. he professed. You know, his vegetarianism and keeping animals safe and unharmed, that kind of thing. So I think that's a continuation of that commentary. The diamond thing, and maybe a little ignorance on, you know, other social issues that may be part of it, reminds me of an interview Uh uh, at this time. He was on Larry King and talking, Larry King asked him about, on CNN, asked him about. Warner Brothers records and, you know, his dispute with them and being free and now having a new album out on another, uh, record label. And Larry King made a comment of, well, you know, Time Warner is the parent company of CNN, right?
0: (laughs) And Prince
1: was clearly, he, he was fine with it. He laughed it off in the end, but he was clearly caught off guard. Yeah. So like he was not an all knowing guy, you know, he, he found causes to support and did an awesome job with it. And this was part of his era when he had his love for one another charities, uh, where it was a more organized charitable effort, and he did some wonderful, awesome oh, things. Absolutely. So there's no doubt, and about most that. of
0: it unknown until after his passing. Exactly. So yep. yeah, I can. I, it was just I found it a little entertaining. Yeah, I mean, so
1: there was, there are those kinds of things throughout Prince's history of oh well, how can you feel so strongly about this and totally ignore this? Yeah, uh,
0: because he's not all knowing. Because he's a human being who yeah, has interests and concerns, and
1: yeah, and he's know. got. 67 minutes on an album to get it all out for, for this time until something else comes along.
0: And only the size of a jewel case to write stuff down.
1: Exactly. Can, right. He's not out to save the world. He's out to save one sheep at a time on this <laughs> album.
0: All right. Let's dive into the music. All right. Let's start it off. All right. Rave into the Joy Fantastic. Fantastic. Four minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah. Um,
1: again, like I said earlier, this was recorded in 19, 1988 and was reworked slightly for this album, it said, but it's primarily a vault track from more than 10 years before, which is kind of right. a neat thing mm-hmm. to see this resurface. Not only yeah. resurface, but for him to still use it as a title track for an album.
0: Right. And, you know, I thought it had kind of an 80s sound to it.
1: It's got kind of a Batman sound it, to it. it if does, you go back and listen does. to his music from the Batman That's, soundtrack, um, uh, you can hear it in the song.
0: That's an excellent point. And, you know, now I, s- I realize why I noticed that and then I had read later after I had listened to it and written down that it had an 80s sound to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because it's an 80s song, but it didn't sound it didn't sound stale.
1: Yeah, I still don't think it sounds stale. No, um not. it you know his vocal delivery reminds me of my name is Prince. He has mm-hmm. that kind of gravelly yes. pseudo falsetto thing yeah, that he's got going like a over a steady beat. And, yeah, yeah. 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 that's really good uh, you know very very raw sound, I mean, although you know he practiced this intensely, but it comes off as just a one take. I'm gonna kind of scream through this, and yeah. that's gonna be what it what the album, what the song's gonna be. Yeah, um, I
0: like it. It's that's, you know good we stuff.
1: talked about this song when we reviewed the Love Symbol album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track called "The Max" uses music from Raven to the Joy Fantastic, which right. was recorded four years earlier on that uh-huh. album. But uh-huh. here we have it appearing seven years after the Max was released. On the title track to an album in 1999 that was really recorded more than a decade earlier. So, are you <laughs> Easter following eggs that? It's
0: all around. Yeah, a
1: lot, it's a lot of fun to follow this it stuff. Is, it, it is if fun. If you're into prints, I mean, That's it, really it, cool. it does really show, you know, despite. What is said about how the vault was kept, and that it was sort of a disorganized mess? Yeah. It was clearly organized in Prince's mind. Right. Know, songs that he enjoyed, he would come back to musically and um, you know revisit a number of
0: times. <laughs> well, and I remember seeing uh, there were some photos that were released from Paisley Park where they had like a little computer system that somebody had set up. To, right. So that he could go and type in what you wanted and it would tell find you it. where to find it. And, yes. and it's like, it may look like a disorganized mess, but somebody knew where all the stuff that's was. Right. That's so like I think that's great.
1: It's like the Hall of Justice. Superman yeah. goes in and he <laughs> needs a file. And see if there's a way to find it, it's there. It's in there somewhere.
0: This... Superman doesn't have a super memory to know where all the stuff is in the Hall of Justice. No, man, he's no. got
1: he's got uh, <laughs> invisible, you know, like X-ray vision, so he could see through boxes and see if the track he needed was in that box.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk uh, lyrically a little bit. He said, "You got to have a good walk. I'm like essential. Good right. walk. Yes, nice. It's all
1: about how you carry yourself.
0: Yep. Spread the real soul, doing it like a mission. Which mm-hmm. I was like." That's you know you have a mission you're doing something it's a little bit religious because yeah. you're you might go on a mission also sexual because missionary, the missionary position, position yeah yeah this I is thought sort that of was just, kind you know, of it just an interesting
1: yeah yeah I mean the lyrics no. to me are a little all over the place uh, on this song and yeah. you know, I was asking myself yes. what does this song mean or what is it saying is it like a a call to just surrender yourself to the positive, um, have a good time. Um, Is it about surrender to God? Could you see God as the joy fantastic? I
0: think it's up to interpretation.
1: I think so too. Um, I kind of saw it as more of a contemporary version of Uptown that we talked about in Dirty Mind, Mm -hmm. just finding a place to be positive and be happy. Um, Or even uh, the song Paisley Park Mm -hmm. or the song Love Sexy kind of all fall in this category. And even to talk about an album that we reviewed here, Thirty-one twenty-one to a degree was a little like the song, same nice. kind of approach.
0: Mm, I, I thought appreciate you'd appreciate that. that I do. You,
1: you enjoyed that title I track. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. So I would say I don't know if you'd say they're confusing lyrics. They're just kind of all over the place. It's painting it's a party song, It's painting man. an odd picture for the opening for a little bit of an odd album. Yeah, I would say
0: it was kind of all over the place because this album was kind of all over the place. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things
1: there. in Prince's catalog that you could categorize as a beautiful mess, and I think yeah. this song is sort of in that category. I do go back to listen to this song quite a bit, just yeah. because of the history of it. I think it's cool to have.
0: It's so catchy. It's a real yeah. earworm. Yep. Okay, so what's a cock poppy?
1: You got me. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Okay, so I looked. I was trying to figure out. <laughs> a river out. Der,
1: A river Ichi, cock, cock puppy is the lyric you're referring to.
0: Is it cock puppy or cock, cock poppy? poppy? I think it's cock poppy. That's uh, that where everywhere I looked. Yeah, you're right. It yeah. is cock poppycock. Okay, so I looked, I'm like, surely, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary feels me a lot when it comes to <laughs> prints. Let's just say that. So it could be poppycock. Okay. Okay, so which basically means a load of baloney, a load right. of yes.
1: Right, goodbye so, to the So, yeah, BS. yeah. That maybe. was hip yesterday.
0: Yeah, and he, Prince has a history of kind of swapping things. Yes. And changing it up so that you remember it. So I think maybe that's it. I just wanted to make sure. Ah. That's what my thought was, and I thought, well, I better ask because Josh might know.
1: <laughs> no, I even called it puppy, not not, not poppy. It's a lot less disgusting of... <laughs> as a cock poppy and not the cock of a puppy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. So okay. along
1: the line, since we're talking about the lyrics, I think uh-huh. there's another call out in the song that dates it, at least in the mind of a crazy Prince fan like yeah. me, um, where he calls out Scandalous yes. in the middle of the song, which is a song in the middle of this song, which is the name of a song from Batman from right. the same era, right. Scandalous. Yeah. Um, so again, lots of little Easter eggs. I don't know if you call them Easter eggs. It's just he's singing about things that were you know running through his mind at the time and left them in this track here, eleven years later for yeah, everyone to. That uncover. kind of feels
0: like an Easter egg to me. I think it would have been an Easter egg as even a call out on an album the following year. Yeah, he you does know? that a lot. You know, yeah, I mean, there's even albums does, where he
1: will work in song titles from the album in a song yeah, from that. But album. if you're
0: not a fan, you wouldn't know that that was. Yeah. Interesting or cool. Right. And so it's an Easter egg for you because you listened. Hey, Good I know for this. you. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I'm cool.
1: That's right. right. It's not just a bunch of cock poppy.
0: No, I'm <laughs> not. All right. How about Undisputed with Chuck D.
1: You know, this, you know, track From two, Public I'm thinking Enemy. this album is gonna be fun. There's this uh, <laughs>
0: vault
1: track, and then we get Undisputed, which is, you know, another case of, you know, Prince. Kind of singing about how incredibly awesome he is. Yes, in a way that it only he, he can. Yes. And a, you know he's the only person we can forgive and not dismiss as a you know a cock poppy <laughs> for singing this because it's all true. We all know he's awesome. We all know he's great. he's, he's the undisputed um, you know king of everything he does. Um, and thankfully he surrenders the mic duty to Chuck D and doesn't try mm-hmm. to introduce you know another unknown. Uh, yes. Rap artist, which he had done you know yeah. throughout the nineties he 's yeah. paired up with someone who 's you know scrap D, also if you 're
0: out there, email us we want to hear from you. we want to know what happened to you if you 're an accountant in Ohio, please tell us
1: that 's right scrap, so scrap D was we, a was a rapper that Prince introduced on. A chaos and disorder and yeah. emancipation and then just disappeared yeah. off the face of the yeah, earth. So nobody I mean, maybe knows where he, he is. wanted anonymity, which is fine. That's but, right. Least, but you know, you don't have to well. tell us
0: your real name. Just tell us where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. 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 I you you don't even have to tell us where you are. Just tell us what you're doing.
1: <laughs> are you okay?
0: Yeah. Are you in love? Yeah. D. All right. So, but Chuck D was, you know, famous from Public Enemy.
1: Yep. It's the first um, of, you know, many superstar guest appearances on this album. Towards yes. the end of this song, after Prince fully establishes, you know, how he doesn't follow trends. They only <gasps> follow him. Which... Sh- if you have to I say don't... it, is it true?
0: Yeah. I'm like, this... I have noted that, too, because I was like, this album is kind of yeah. him following the trends. Right. Which, Santana, having all these, like, famous people helping him out, that's... He was doing the same thing. No, right. I'm sorry. This is you following somebody else. But, it is. you know, whatever. It was also kind of a pump himself up. Yep. Yes. Bit. I'm still like, around. I can still mm-hmm. hang.
1: I can still do this kind of thing. So we have lyrics like that that are a little, like, roll your eyes a little bit. But then some... Sort of deep thinking, you know, cognitive, ethereal kind of lyrics. Like, at the very core of thinking, I originate. That's why you'll never know my thinking or my fate. Mm-hmm. This isn't like hip-hop lyrics. This no. is like pretty deep this, kimchi.
0: Yeah, this is not him like trying to start a beef with somebody. This is, he's diving deep into his brain for stuff here. And right. You know, and uh, we have another religious reference: Israelites through the Red Sea. Yeah, um, he's always had religious reference, mm-hmm. but I really noticed on this album that there, are, and even after this it's a lot more pointed and specific mm-hmm. instead of general and overarching and knowing that he was diving into the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. That's is, you can tell that in his music. It's yeah, interesting. This
1: is right dead smack in the middle of an era that he became very close to Larry Graham, mm-hmm. and a bassist from Sly and the Family Stone, who was Jehovah's Witness and Had a lot of deep conversations with Prince. He was sort of the one credited with Prince's decision to turn away from swearing in music. You can push the envelope without doing that. Right. And religious discussions were something that were commonplace, it said, between Prince and Larry Graham and their circle of friends. So I think a lot of the lyrics here reflect those conversations, too. I I love the part in the song where there's sort of this computer voice that's a female that says... You're just my subject. That's why you're out yeah, of touch. This
0: kind of, it sounded like a German psychologist to me. I'm yeah. like, seeing a <laughs> d- what?
1: You know, and his answer is, "What's this claim out of what, my dear? I am the touch." Yeah, I think I that's that a really cool, cool, cool way yeah. for someone who's adopted a symbol that you can't pronounce to define uh-huh. who he is as an artist.
0: Uh huh. By the touch, yeah. he's he's. Touching your ears, touching your heart, that's touching right. your mind. Yeah,
1: in a medium where you can't touch or see him, all right. you can do is hear him. He right. still refers to himself as Those, the, touch. the touch.
0: Oh nice. That's, yeah. that's nice. Okay, so do we think he thinks Quest Love is better than D'Angelo?
1: Maybe at this time, or do we think <laughs> Talk that to he's D'Angelo, just, yeah. or
0: better yet, Quest Love, which I'm like, Quest love. Yay. Yeah,
1: or these are <laughs> these are artists who Admired Prince, you know. Yeah. The, you know, D'Angelo was credited with the one of the tracks that was selected for Crystal Ball a couple of mm-hmm. years earlier. Movie Star was D'Angelo's favorite bootleg according yeah. to Prince, so that's why he included it. And we all know now, Questlove is a diehard Prince fanatic. He mm-hmm. teaches Prince courses in New York. That's so cool! Which, what a great, what a great <laughs> job. So this is the first time we kind of see them mentioned in a Prince song. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And once again, my final thought on this song is that Prince is reaching through. Time and space to be topical. Schools now in session. Put mm-hmm. down your Smith and Wessons. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we have a friend whose child was just in a school with a school shooting, right. and it doesn't get more topical than that. Yeah, it really, it really yeah. doesn't. And I, it, on the one hand, it's very topical now, and on the other hand, it breaks my heart that we're still talking talking about.
1: Yeah, gun violence. This. Yeah. Yeah, and this could be also, seen. I mean, this wasn't obviously about gun violence no. in schools at the time, but it's still, like you're saying, guns and violence are still a topic of conversation, even more so now as it involves children. Yeah. Uh, I kind of saw this as the East Coast, West Coast, let's put everything down and just uh, recognize talent when we see it. Right. Um, I also thought the start of Chuck uh, D's rap here, come one, come all to the download ball. Uh, this was sort of the mm-hmm. beginning of Prince's embracing of the internet. I'll get my music out one <laughs> way or be the it, other.
0: Albeit brief.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, his attention span was only so long. So uh, this was kind of, you know, the beginning of downloading music on the internet. This is where mm-hmm. it all began. So right. it's neat to see a reference to that here too.
0: Yeah. All right. The Greatest Romance Ever Sold, the only single from the album, came out... Prior to the album?
1: Yes. Yeah, you're right. There were other singles planned for this album, uh, but this is the only one that made it, which is incredible to me. You have all these uh, superstars lined (laughs) up and pairing with Prince. (laughs) And this is the song. This is the song that's released. First of all, another ballad to, you know, we saw this happen with Emancipation, with 3121. We have these commercial albums that have ballads released as kickoff singles, And I can see it every once in a while as a choice, but I always kind of question it because it seemed to happen so often with Prince. And who knows who ultimately made the decision—decision if it was Clive Davis or Prince or who it was. But again, I thought it was just kind of strange to see a a ballad, you know, for such an important album like this, right?
0: And well, and it's a bit polarizing amongst fans. A lot of people really like it. And a lot of people really, really do not like it.
1: Yeah. Um, most people feel that way. I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, sometimes I listen to the song and I feel like, you know, it's kind of smooth. It's got intelligent lyrics. That, yes. I mean, they're very well thought out. But there are times that it kind of just turns me off to listen to it. I can't really put my finger on
0: why. It's like a beer. You have to be in the mood for it. It
1: it does. It requires the right state of mind, especially, um, you know, there's many biblical references in here. There really are. A play on Adam and Eve as the greatest romance ever told. Um, Are we talking about that romance? Are we talking about Prince's relationship with Maite as... The greatest romance that the two of them ever propped up and, you know, made appearances that everything was great, even though we know now that they lost a child a few years earlier and mm-hmm. it tore their relationship apart. But, you know, this isn't a breakup song. It's about where you, it's about marriage and becoming one. You know, this is where you end and you and I begin these yeah. sings, which is kind of...
0: I think yeah. it's sweet. I mm-hmm. think that's a, you know, it's, it's romantic. I think it's got an interesting melody... I, I always wonder, you know, is it the Bible? I mean, I guess we'll really never know. But, you know, is it the Bible? Because the Bible is the best-selling book ever. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I, g- I guess you could call Adam and Eve a romance. I mean, there wasn't a lot of yeah, no. options <laughs> in the story. <laughs> and I they mean, were it depend- made for one another. Right. Well, and it depends. Literally. Well, and this was... One of the last times that I recall where he really talked about, like, fated love, he kind of pulled away from that, I think, after he and Maite split up.
1: Yeah, I think he was more careful about grand proclamations of, you know, he did that with Maite, he did that with Emancipation, the album I was born to make, and really painted himself in the corner of, well, where do you go from here? You're still making music, and you need to be inspired by something. So I think he found, you know, ways to explore creativity and put out new music without putting, you know, these ultimatums Mm -hmm. sort of on relationships or music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it.
1: Um, It's not, again, if I were record executive in charge, Joshua Clive Davis, (laughs) mountains and the sea, this would not have been my choice. Um, But it could also have been something that Prince felt strongly about. It's um, you know, there's a hidden message here somewhere that only he could explain. Um, And I think he liked putting music out that was um, mysterious and just not quite clear to anyone and then withholding the whole story to himself. Well,
0: I think that's fine and maybe even smart to do that. Mm -hmm. Give people the chance to interpret it for themselves, which I think is, you know, really for the most part, what poetry is meant to do.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, thought it was cool that um, there's an intr- instrumental version of the song on mm-hmm. Maceo Parker's album oh, okay. that came out a year later Maceo Parker was a saxophonist that played with James Brown Maceo. partnered up with Prince uh, on this album on this album and was part of his live touring band for a while afterwards um, so, if you want to hear that, you can check it out on the album called Dial Maceo, Maceo by Maceo Parker.
0: Yeah. And then we have a blank four seconds.
1: We've got four seconds of silence. Do you as have a something segue. to say
0: about that? I really doubt. I'm just like, okay, oh, there's well, four seconds.
1: Miles mean? Davis is credited on this segue. <laughs> So
0: silence, silence.
1: (laughs) So we know Prince and Miles Davis worked together around uh, the time of after Love, Sexy. He did some after shows with Prince and recorded music with Prince.
0: Okay,
1: um, that has never seen the light of day. Has never been officially released. So maybe because of the connection with Raven to the Joy Fantastic being a track from 1988, 1988, 89, around the time that that collaboration happened. Although Miles passed away in 1991, so I don't know why there would be a tribute to Miles Davis on a Prince album here eight years later. Hmm. Um, I also read, um, I don't know if it was on Prince Vault or Wikipedia, uh, but because Miles Davis is credited in this four seconds of silence, there's speculation that perhaps... This was four seconds of silence that literally is from one of their sessions together that was put on here in remembrance of him, which I thought that's true.
0: That's pretty cool. That's
1: really unique to say, I'm going to pay tribute to someone Maybe it was a licensing thing. You can't, you know, have a collaboration with him on this album. But mm-hmm. I can't take silence that he and there he and I were both present for, wow. and make them four seconds of silence on this album.
0: Well,
1: so don't you feel like crap now?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Questioning what this four seconds of silence. Well,
0: is. this is why I ask you, <laughs> expert. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very interesting. That yeah. makes me have a little. Different opinion about yeah. four blank seconds.
1: Four blank seconds. So yeah. we spent, what, two minutes talking yeah. about four blank, blank seconds. seconds?
0: Yeah, whatever. All right. Hot Wit you.
1: Hot Wit apostrophe you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Featuring the rapper Eve, who uh-huh. had a little bit of success uh-huh. in the late 90s, too. Yep. Um, what was her album? Rough, rough Rider? Rough Riding? It was something like that. She refers to it in her rap in the song, but... Um, this was a Prince solo recording outside of uh, horns and Eve's rap. You know, which it's really a dance song, just about wanting to be with a pretty girl and mm-hmm. what Prince wants to do to her. Yes, um, I would still say it's PG thirteen. It's yeah. not, you know, anything that's you know real explicit. Um, I think this song gets a little ridicule uh, among Prince fans. Also, it comes off, um, you know, to in 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 some parts of Prince circles, people will say. Does it get any easier than this for Prince to write a song about what he wants to do <laughs> with a pretty girl? I don't um, think
0: there's anything wrong with having just a fun track.
1: I don't either. I enjoy it. I like I like it a lot. Um, you know, there were supposed this was supposed to be one of the singles off of the album, following up the uh-huh. Greatest Romance. Ever oh, I sold. think it would have
0: done really well. I in, do like, too. The R and B charts.
1: Yeah, I do too. There was and Prince even promoted it on his website at the time. There were remixes. Uh, that were supposed to be part of an EP called "The Hot Experience." <laughs> <laughs> A lot of those tracks have come out since then, or have been circulated, you know, among collectors. Um, it was never really officially released. It was canceled after uh, Clive Davis. Left Arista. You know, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this song too, where he sings Underneath the Cream, I'll Mm. Meet You. Cream had
0: to be intentional.
1: Well, actually, Underneath the Cream is intentional. That's the name of a song that would be released as part of the MPG Music Club a year or two uh, later. So, yes, of course, Cream being Mm -hmm. a a Prince song from uh, 1991, and Underneath the Cream also being it prints on he uh yes. you know we ref- made references to that a lot about cream rising to the top There's right. obviously a sexual reference there yeah um being underneath the cream is something altogether different
0: yeah what's the marshmallow do you know He's, i think it's about the just is it the G's name the of the a and marshmallow dance? okay i think oh, is it i, I
1: think, think. Okay. I don't know. Not much of a dancer. Don't okay. know if you know that about me. <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> I want to no. meet you
1: underneath the cream and do the marshmallow.
0: Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look if you'd like to uh, check out our Facebook or our Twitter. I'll see if we'll I can find out if the if the marshmallow is a, actually a dance move. Yeah. I liked that it was. It was not. Prince was not actually rapping but he almost wasn't singing either. Yeah. I always like when Prince s- does this. kind
1: of spoken not it, quite spoken it, word, but it
0: felt speak-sing. a little like a poetry slam. Yeah. Like a, that kind of performance which would be yeah. kind of late. That's that was something that was popular in the early 90s, but I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I thought it was I nice. I like
1: the uh, you know, Later on in Prince's career, he did a lot of music and albums with you know galactic references and celestial bodies,
0: <laughs> astro, astro, astro traveling. Comedy. Travelin
1: I know it's you know like my name. My
0: favorite line, yeah, I uh, love almost that too. on the entire album. Yeah, and the it's so catchy, especially that particular part. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such an earworm.
1: Yeah, it's a neat little break, and he's yeah. sort of got the phone filter on his voice during that part of it, too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got a neat effect on it also. You know, as far as Eve's, raps, Eve's rap goes, I thought she did a fine job, you know, as far as, yeah, you know, a guest woman rapper in a Prince song. This is not something that happens very often. Um, and she got to do it. Yeah. Uh, thought it was fine.
0: Yeah. And um, this was the first song on the album that there wasn't a religious reference to.
1: Oh, I wasn't keeping count.
0: So... I I had made notes about the others, so all right, that was my last note. Do you mm-hmm. have anything else you'd like to say about with uh, uh, you? I, I kind of just thought
1: the make you make you suck your tongue and say ooh uh-huh. was kind of it's a so dirty, yeah, a, l- a little dirty,
0: but yeah. good,
1: but good dirty,
0: dirty in the good way, the best <laughs> prince way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this was all a lot of fun. Yeah, no harm, no foul with hot with you.
0: No, it was fine. I'd be
1: okay if they included the H in the name. That's
0: okay <laughs> yes, is the H really all that hard? It's all
1: right. It's still yeah. one syllable, whether yeah. the H is there or not. Yeah. So then we roll right into Tangerine after Hot With You. I love the ending of Hot With You and the little uh, drum beat, the uh-huh. downbeat that kind of takes you into Tangerine.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, it's a
0: short little song. It,
1: yeah, really short, a minute it's and 30 so, seconds. It's
0: like, so fun and poppy, yeah. and it sounds so bubbly, and it is mean. It is mean. mean. It's a little mean.
1: Um, a little I'm, gonna fo- mean. I'm just going to focus on I carry on the around your here. picture
0: <laughs> to use as a coaster.
1: Yeah. I didn't know Prince was so worried about leaving rings on people's coffee table, but that's, that's pretty considerate if you're his friend. <laughs> yeah. If you're his ex-girlfriend, yeah. maybe not so much. Yeah. This is still a time when you would carry around paper pictures of people. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know Prince had a wallet. <laughs>
0: Where would he put it? I don't know. There was that, no, blue that blue doesn't suit doesn't have pockets. <laughs> no, it does not. It takes he's a lot gonna... of effort
1: to keep track of it. So <laughs> that just shows you how intense he's he is about He's got a
0: special spot in his boot. That could that's be. That's why he's got the the flared legs on yeah, or yeah. the zipper on there. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah. a song about, you know, missing or being separated from a woman and feeling tangerine or feeling blue. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of neat a, a neat color to choose yes. to communicate being sad. Yeah. I guess was my take on this minute. Basically.
0: Well, and maybe it wasn't exactly sad like you know, he bitter. missed her. Yeah. But he wasn't exactly super happy. Yes. with her. Yeah. It's interesting. Like he, he wanted to like he had do to, her, but
1: yeah. well, he that's, was That's why he had to come up with a name like Tangerine <laughs> because there wasn't a word existing to describe <laughs> Ooh, the whole there thing. We go. So, so there's them. not
0: like an underlying something going on here like I missed like I did with Alphabet Street for in the I don't, very first I don't album. Think,
1: I don't think so. <laughs> okay, good. There is no kind of sexual meaning I don't think to okay. Tangerine.
0: If you have dear listener a different opinion about that, please do let us know. I'd like to hear it.
1: You know, other songs he has that are named after fruits like peach Mm -hmm. have other meanings like that. Yes. Tangerine, I think is on a different level. (laughs) So this was a nice little, I don't know. It was like, like I've got the time. I've got a minute and 30 seconds here. Take this. And the acoustic bass by Rhonda Smith is really, really cool. Uh, Yeah.
0: It was good. I think it's a, Fun little song, and if you don't like it, it's over in 90 seconds. I don't
1: think there's much not to like. I really yeah. think that's one of the highlights of the album, no, if you no ask me. Good.
0: Hmm.
1: And we right. roll right into another superstar collaboration. Yes,
0: with Gwen I Stefani. I mean, and there
1: was no one more popular in the late 90s than No Doubt no. and Gwen Stefani. Um, and they've got, um, you know, a couple ways to get into Prince World here with Gwen helping out with So Far, So Pleased. And like you said, on another episode later, we'll talk about Prince's repayment for her work on this track with a song called Waiting Room that was on the the No Doubt album Rock Steady that came out in 2000.
0: Yeah, I thought this was a really nice rock-pop hybrid, had the little bits of elements of ska that Mm -hmm. had really propelled No Doubt into Mm -hmm. the forefront of popular culture. Yeah,
1: I thought... Yeah, it sounds like Prince doing a no doubt impersonation almost or yeah. trying to fit into their, you know, almost making yes. Gwen Stefani comfortable, I don't know.
0: Well, they sound really good together. Like they do. They
1: do, together. although I'll say you do have to pay attention to know that it's Gwen's voice in the song because it's a little yeah. buried. I think he oh, steps on bit. her just a little bit, maybe a lot. I mean, if I hadn't if I didn't know, I would say, you know, that sounds like sort of like a no doubt song. If I didn't, I wouldn't immediately say, "Oh, that's definitely Gwen singing with him." It was, yeah, you know, a little. I don't know how to say it any better than she's a little buried.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know, she, they, her name was on it. They yeah. were able
1: to promote this. I, uh, you know, to me, I thought, that, boy, this would have made a great single too at the time. Yeah. There was no one more popular well. on pop radio at that time than, the, and here's the sitting duck. Three minutes and twenty three seconds of pop rock fun. Yeah, all there's nothing to edit. It's 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 all it's ready to go. There's nothing
0: controversial about it. Yeah, it's just it was very much for the masses, and I'm saddened and shocked that it didn't get a release because I think it would have been an excellent. Excellent single
1: I agree Very catchy You know A lot of Kind of fun lyrics About Prince Getting them stranded With no cars No keys But is rejected With a big scar On his knee And he says uh-huh. Begging for a kiss Is such, such a dull, a dull routine. routine Yeah Great Great lyrics Yeah Really good yeah, I, the one relatable. thing I noticed about this is that it's a song about the middle of a relationship, not okay. the very beginning or the very end of a relationship. Which I thought was yeah. a little unique in a Prince song. You know, for for Prince to sing about how a relationship is going all right. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, kind of Prince's
0: meh. Meh, I still have to beg you for a kiss. but That's
1: right, but I'm I, still, I'm interested. I'm going to chase you. But I'm, gonna but I'm you still, still
0: going to, I'm still going to lose the keys so that I can beg for that kiss. Yeah. So that I can have the moment yeah, to I mean, do it.
1: Love songs with Prince are usually about, you know, initial infatuation or a bitter ending. And here we have something that's sort of in the middle of things and things are going all right. And mm-hmm. yet yeah, we get this great little song out yeah. of it. So I thought that was great.
0: Would that we could to go back and... Convince somebody to do it a little differently. I know. That's well, all right.
1: Prince Estate could go back and release this as a single tomorrow yeah. if they wanted to. They should. Let us know when you get your act yeah. together.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, the Sun, the Moon, and Stars.
1: Welcome back, Claire Fisher and yes. the NPG Orchestra, which yes. I think is really kind of cool to hear again. You know, he had uh, Claire as a man, uh, had great influence over Prince music in the 1980s, and is here back again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would call this, you know, a superstar collaboration again because Claire is relatively unknown. Prince and Claire never met. They collaborated through mail for the, their entire careers yeah, until Claire's awesome. passing. I guess you'd call this a reggae ballad?
0: I Yeah. I thought it was kind of a fast ballad.
1: Mm-hmm. A fallad.
0: A fa- <laughs> Maybe we should get Jimmy Fallon to sing it for us because it's <laughs> a fast ballad. I a don't ballad. think
1: he's interested.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He might. I bet Questlove could put a bug in his ear. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I really like the little finger snaps. Uh I thought it felt really personal that way. You know, there's something about making music with your own body Mm -hmm. in, in addition to your voice, obviously. That feels real intimate.
1: Yes. Even though I don't, I mean, I think they were programmed. I do think they were live sampled. And then, yeah. you know, because the timing is just too right. perfect throughout yes. the whole song for it to be live throughout. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. It is, And it's a, I think it's a nice way to describe being in love, you know, like saying, now that I'm in love with you, celestial bodies seem closer, uh-huh. the moon is brighter, the sun the, the universe
0: sun is... feels smaller because you're here with me. I thought that was very romantic. Yeah, it and, was very romantic. Yeah.
1: I even like the little reggae rap the at the end.
0: Caribbean rap. I I'm, thought it was really I'm sexy good and fun. It.
1: Very sexy and fun and really clever lyrics with, you know, especially the play on the seasons where he yes. runs through all the seasons by saying, lays her back on a bed and says, it's uh-huh. bouncing on a summer spring. Right. And when you start to fall, you'll come, come. like a cold winter dew in Montreal. Uh-huh. I thought that was a cool way to yeah, run I through four seasons and get your point. Of just very clever lyric writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. I, I give it a thumbs up for Agreed. lyrics. For sure. I loved
0: how um, it, in love we are, forever, always. It's a little almost naive. Yeah. But it's also very genuine and sweet. And I appreciate that he could be a man of, you know, early 40s.
1: Yeah, and, and still, still.
0: And still be writing those lyrics.
1: Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought about the song Little Red Corvette.
0: Yeah. I don't know why when
1: I was listening to the okay. song and him saying, or actually, I'm sorry, I was listening you know the story of little cor red Corvette was him he had fallen asleep in and out while writing the song and wasn't sure it was worthy of inclusion and was convinced to put it on the album. And then we've got 1999 on the same album where he says, I was dreaming when I wrote this, forgive me if it goes astray. Uh-huh. And then we've got the beginning of The Sun, The Moon, The Stars where he says, it's late and I'm running out of clever things to say.
0: <laughs> and then he goes on to say a lot of clever and things. And then there's
1: a lot of clever things. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, you don't hear Prince admit that he's at a loss for words very much. And if you do, it's usually followed by an awful lot of words.
0: <laughs> yes. All right, Every Day Is a Winding Road, a cover of Sheryl Crow's song.
1: A cover of Sheryl Crow's song and you know surprisingly Sheryl Crow appears on this album a couple songs later in yes. Baby Knows, but she's not present for the cover of her, of own, her song, own song, yep. which is kind of uh, strange. Here's what I want to say about this song and it's something that has bothered me ever since Sheryl Crow's original came out okay. and it is not to blame on Prince. It's a Sheryl Crow thing.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Every day is a winding road. Every day, one word is an adjective, like an everyday occurrence or an everyday people.
0: It should be be every every
1: space space day day. is a winding road. This drives me nuts. All
0: right, grammar nerd.
1: Sorry, it bothers me.
0: (laughs) Well, if you sing the song, then you're not looking at the title of it.
1: But I'm thinking of it because I've seen it. And I'm thinking about how I'm singing two words every day is a winding road. Anyway, okay. it's I love Cheryl Crow's version of this. I think this it's song. a cool song. It is a really great. It's like embodies yeah. everything that is Cheryl Crow. You know these fun kind of almost you know country bar road trip kinds of songs. Yep. Everyone there, you know, I don't know how you could not like. Every Day is a Winding Road, a Sheryl Crow song. I mean, even if you you like country music, there's something for you. If you like live music, blues, there's something for you. I guess if you're only into, like craze metal or, yeah. you know, rap music. Maybe Death there's not yeah, maybe there's yeah. not something for you here. But this is, I mean, there's a very little not to like about, right. about the song, especially the original.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it sounded a little more produced than the original. Oh,
1: certainly. This yeah. is more like a house or club version of the song. Yeah. It almost sounds like a remix of her version with Prince's vocals put on top of it. Yeah. There's also the presence of Larry Graham in the song, the bass player we mentioned earlier, who, you know, as a bass player... He's the king. I love him. I think he's awesome. As a vocalist, it turns me off a little mm-hmm. when I, you know, the end of the song kind of goes on for a while. Yeah, it gets a little was, long at the it's end. It's too long. And you hear Larry's chants in the back, you know, do you love God, gets into the song. So it feels, you know, I hate to say as a Christian man that getting working God into a popular song is it pushing felt, it a little bit. It felt
0: It feels forced. a little forced. It didn't, it, I'm totally fine with putting God into popular music especially if that's your jam but it needs to feel natural and yeah. not forced
1: yeah so I mean I'm thinking it just feels out of place in the song too yeah. this is just about how every day can lead to new possibilities um, and then we get Larry sing. I don't know when I mean God bless Larry Graham I think he's awesome but when I hear him sing it feels like I'm getting lost in a mustache
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I don't know what
1: else to say. <laughs> okay. I love Larry. I'd love that's to have him on a guest on the podcast sometime. But, uh-huh. uh, I mean, I've bought his albums. I've yeah. listened to his music. It just doesn't work for you me. Well, I don't okay. know what else to say about yeah. it. Um, but I think Princess Covers, you know, this was kind of... Not a first that Prince had covers on a song. He did it in Emancipation, where he said, "I've got three discs of music in 180 minutes. I can stretch my legs a little bit." Right. And um, you know, here I just think his all the covers on Emancipation were all more successful than this
0: one. That's fair. I think if he had not gone on for so long, this would have been a lot more successful
1: yeah I mean we're at over six minutes for this song and yeah. I mean generally um, print song ends and I'm like you know I could deal with a little more of that and yeah. this is one of those rare cases where it seems yeah. like it's can a little... I skip
0: the last minute of the song yeah. I just said yeah, it, get on to the next one yeah
1: cause... it could have faded out yeah. earlier and yeah. I would have been okay yeah. with it
0: and then we have a segue
1: yeah a little 18 second segue with mm-hmm. again strings that are composed and orchestrated by Claire Fisher nice. leading into Man of War
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it almost it's almost like an extracted version of an extracted portion of Man of War put mm-hmm. as an intro to the song. You know, I never really saw it as a segue. I always thought that's the start of the song. To yeah. Me. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although we are moving between a bit too long of a song into something else. So yes. in that regard, yes, it's a segue. Okay. I'm interested to see how you feel about Manowar because there have been some ballads on here and this one is a little different than a typical Prince ballad. Yep. Um, I'll tell you that this is one of my favorite Prince ballads. My all-time favorite Prince ballad is Pink Cashmere, which you can find on the hits, the B-sides. This sort of reminds me of it a little bit um, in that we've just got a drum beat, some strings, and some really cool guitar work. I'm going to guess that you probably have uh, some strong feelings about the lyrics, but I thought you know Prince is saying no need to scream. I'm not one to fight, which I don't know if that's completely true. Um, But I thought he's got some great layered vocals in the song, and I do like the chorus. It does not
0: surprise me at all that you like this song a lot. Why is that? It just it sounds like a song that you would very much enjoy.
1: All right. I also thought you know it's in it's Prince in full defense mode. He's accused. Of having sex with someone else, Uh um, you know, and even says so in the lyric, how could you,
0: how could I? She thinks he cheated, but he couldn't because he smells like her still. Like, that's (laughs) dirty and like, uh, yeah, I have opinions.
1: You have opinions, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying that Prince is not at fault yeah. Nor do I, I don't think anyone would think that who follows Prince history. You know, the lyrics, you know, in the chorus are, instead of the seven page letter, I wish I had a peace of mind. That's why I asked you <laughs> a few days ago, how long was that letter that Rachel wrote to Ross and France? This is Prince, Look, you know, seven pages, front and back. <laughs> He's, uh, this is just to me, it's Prince. Yeah. Despite his faults, yearning to escape the reality of a broken relationship and harsh words.
0: Yeah, I wrote down, it's only okay. I've, I do have, a, I think the music is very nice. I think the lyrics uh great on me a bit because it feels very defensive. Yeah. All we've got is right now doesn't sound like a faithful man to me. Well,
1: I had written that lyric down too, where he says, if there is no future, then there is no past. All we've got is right now to make it last. Almost setting it up for like one last go. It's we're here together now. Uh Are Mm -hmm. we going to take another run at this or are we going to separate and everything else might as well have never happened?
0: Well, and that leads me to my... That's (laughs) my less
1: upset version of the lyrics.
0: (laughs) That leads me to my other issue with the lyrics. Loving you is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... Loving people is ever a waste of time. Even if it ends, even if it ends badly, mm-hmm. it's not a waste of time to be loving towards someone.
1: Sure, I don't think he meant being loving towards her like he was going to try to destroy this person. I think it was about no. being in love romantically. Well, there was no point. And in he's
0: been trying to make her happy. Been happy since for, they were sophomores. Yes, since like they were children, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not able to do it, so it's a waste of time. But. I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> Maybe that's no, my that's thing. A... It's just, I just don't agree on a personal level uh-huh. that loving somebody is a waste of time. Yeah.
1: Well, I think but... as a standalone statement, I agree, but I'm trying to see it in a little bit of context. And I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass on this too for a song that we'll get to a little later, which I think wraps back around to it. Okay. So we can move on and okay. we can talk about it as we get oh, to this next my song. My
0: only other note on this okay. is that we live in Texas Yeah. and my first young experiences at the beach. All I can think about when I hear "Man of War" is jellyfish. Oh, well,
1: I think that's definitely you know he was great at you know taking some of them meant one thing and you know mean something else. So well, I I, I thought the same thing. I did the uh, yeah. Man o War.
0: So and that was did we mention that was a promotional single?
1: No, no. Yeah. But it, go
0: ahead and mention it. it. It was a promotional single. Interesting. Yeah. And another promotional single, the very next song on the album, yes, is "Baby Knows" with yeah. Cheryl Crow, where she yeah. makes her appearance. Here, a couple she, of is. Tracks yeah, here she is. After,
1: yeah, I thought that this song and "So Far So Pleased" both <gasps> three minutes singles. and a half, something like that. This is like. Somehow, this over just stupidly overlooked tracks really, that would have been great on the radio.
0: Really, and this another promotional single. It should have been a single. Single. It should have been out there. It really should. It have should been. have had a fun B side. Yeah, it would have gotten a lot of play, a lot of play in clubs. I think. I think so too. It was a very lot. accessible. Yeah,
1: very fun, sort of harmless. Um, and again, at just over three minutes, it adds you know some fun brevity to this album that I think you could destri- describe at times as a little bit long and some ballads that slow the pace down. Mm-hmm. This is a great break to yes. in, in the middle of all this to me. And hearing, you know, again, I think if I didn't know that Cheryl Crow was there, I wouldn't know that Cheryl oh, Crow was there. I could
0: pick her out.
1: Better than Gwen my, Stefani? Yes. See, I could pick definitely. Gwen out because it sounded like a no-doubt song on this one. I don't know that it particularly sounds like a Cheryl Crow oh, song. Oh, really? Did I thought it, it does? Ha- I
0: thought it had a, a reminiscent country rock kind of mm. flavor to it.
1: Okay. So, I just didn't hear it that way, but I hear hmm. it in a way that I've heard it for the last,
0: wow, mile, yes. what, almost
1: 20 years listening to this album. Yeah. Um, we do have Prince's vocals distorted to almost Camille levels, oh, which I think I got, you think are cool. I, really, I
0: thought it was really, it's it was so nasally, but not quite falsetto. It was just, it's so different. It's, you yeah. don't.
1: I'm glad you like it because yeah. I worried that you oh, know, your, I your falsetto embargo <laughs> I don't have My, a falsetto
0: embargo. You think I do? I don't.
1: Uh, this isn't falsetto though. It's more of no. like just a funky yeah. sped up voice, and it is kind of like you said, a little maybe a little country, but yeah, a, a lot bit. of funk, a lot of pop,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, it felt like a good. It would have been a good crossover.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got. Could have,
0: it could have gotten play on the R and B charts. Mm-hmm. It could have gotten play on the pop charts. It could have gotten play on the country stations. You're right. It felt like it could have been everywhere, and it should have been everywhere.
1: Yeah, it really should have. We got Cheryl playing um, harmonica on the song mm-hmm. too, which is cool, and Macy Parker on the track on sax. Michael Bland playing drums, which is the first uh, on a Prince album in a while, and would be mm-hmm. the first we'd hear of him until. About six years, seven years later, we also have Prince back to making dog comparisons, which I always love in a Prince song. Yes,
0: Poochie Makes You
1: Beg. (laughs) This kind of Poochie Make You Beg. I did
0: did look for the cat because usually when he talks about a dog, he talks about a cat. And I looked for that and I missed it just a tiny bit, but... I thought it was great. It was fun.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was a lot of of fun, fun rhyming too. Um, And I had to look up these lyrics. This is one of the parts where I'm like, I've been singing along to this for so, so long, but I don't remember what he says. (laughs) She'll make you call your boys in a powwow to scope a plan, how to ditch your man in a trunk of a Lexus, a perplexing hex this witch has flexed. Nice. Only twice as fast as that. Yeah. And much cooler. Yeah. And not as white.
0: Yeah. And not as white. Yeah. Okay. So that, that brings me to my only part of the song that I really didn't care for Okay. was that he's singing about a pretty black girl with a really white girl. If you're going to sing about the girl with the long dark legs, the, with the butt that goes round, sing it with a black girl because I think you're talking about a black girl. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And it's fun and funky and, I had no shade on Cheryl Crow. This is great. I thought it was it should have like I said, it should have been a single. But maybe he does, it would have been good to
1: Yeah, yeah. He does say, you know, earlier in the song, it's a place where the girls sing along to the hip hop all night long yeah. and mentions white girls, black girls, Latinas, oh yeah. so pretty. Yes. So other races get their shout out in the song a little yes. bit. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about the song was at the very end where Cheryl says Give me your number and I'll call you. <laughs>
0: yeah, <he's laughs> yeah, he did not like that. He it was funny. Like yeah, I thought it was really funny. Be Only because in the late 80s or early 90s, I remember meeting boys and mm-hmm. saying, No, no, give me your number so that I could go home and think about whether I was going to call him or not. Because... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and whether I wanted them to have my number, because yeah. you know, even then you had to worry about the stocking.
1: Yeah. Um, this is another song that's got an instrumental version on Maceo Parker's oh, really? album. Oh, really? It's sort of that. a hidden track at the that's end great. of his album, so it's pretty neat to okay. hear that, just with him playing sax instead of the vocalization from yeah. Prince and Cheryl Crow.
0: All right. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Had a little appearance by Prince, Ani DiFranco yeah. yeah. with the acoustic guitar. yes. Yeah, and so, then
1: Prince kind of turned around and repaid this on yeah. her album uh,
0: Providence. Yeah. He, uh, the song was the Providence. song was Providence. We'll check that out next time.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that next time too. Mm-hmm. So he appeared on one of her songs um, in return. Uh, Ani was someone that Prince really admired at the time, at the time, and spoke highly about because from the beginning she had founded her own label, was an independent artist, and could do what she wanted. And so it was neat to see them work together uh, yeah. on any song. And I thought this one was a great one for yeah. them to partner on.
0: Yeah. I thought it was good. Okay, so here's something I've noticed. If Prince clears his throat mm-hmm. at the beginning of a song, mm-hmm. it's going to be a sad song.
1: I have in my notes. <laughs> I love that it starts with Prince clearing his throat. It's the kind of thing you'd figure would get edited out, but it works really well like he's preparing himself to deliver a tough message.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Every, it's, it's always a tough song. Yeah. He, and He's done that a number of times.
1: Yeah, he has. I mean, he's done... Well, across, you record so much, you're you're probably not going to find much that he hasn't done. But yeah, that's definitely a keynote of something. Probably, I don't know if it was something he meant or was intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, but especially following a song like Baby Knows. Yeah. I've got to do something to slow the pace down here for for Uh this particular song. That's a piano and Mm -hmm. acoustic guitar ballad.
0: (gasps) It really just doesn't get much better than Prince and a piano,
1: no, I think this is um, another highlight of the album uh, for me, and I think the lyric writing. I'm curious to see how you feel about this song compared to Man of War because uh-huh. I think they're about the same thing, about the same problems in a relationship, but approached very differently, yeah, although still a little bit of finger pointing, I think, in this song too. not in the same way, like, how could you? in mm-hmm. Man of war here, there's a little bit of an admission of guilt, I think. A little bit also.
0: Or just a, you know, he loves her, but she doesn't love him, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to deal with that. He's sad. He She trusts him because it kind of feels like he's on the other side in this one. Like, yeah, starting she's to the move one past. off and, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever, and she doesn't love him anymore. And... He's sad about that, and mm-hmm. he wishes he could trust her. And
1: Yeah. Well, it's neat that he... How does it work? So he still loves her, but doesn't trust her. She still trusts him, but, but doesn't, doesn't love, love him. him. Yeah. Um, so I thought the first two verses you know, kind of recap the moment that Prince and Maite, if we're going to go ahead and assume this is about her, when they realize that their relationship was over from the moment they each saw one another in a particular circumstance. Like without words, I looked at you and knew this. Uh You looked at me. The ring was gone. You were wearing the
0: wrong. Yeah. The wrong outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if it's literal or if it's more of a figurative like oh, yeah. Things he's aren't the going same o- anymore. well or he's going off in this religion direction mm-hmm. and she's not going with him yeah, and she's maybe definitely she, not on board. Yeah, and I mean it's it wasn't something I don't I got the impression reading her book that it wasn't something she would ever have thought to deny him mm-hmm. but didn't feel like it was right for her and he couldn't reconcile that.
1: Yes. And I thought it was a neat way of saying how he places one thing over another in a relationship. And in this case, he places trust above love in mm-hmm. a relationship. I can see that. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It is fair. I mean, he... Again, I think he clearly places the blame on the other party still yeah. in this one. You know, And I, I think
0: maybe w- that... I,
1: I don't know. I think if you put yourself in a prince's mindset, he probably hasn't doesn't see himself as having changed much since they first started dating, aside from the religion right. and that kind of thing which has turned her off. And he's thinking to himself, I haven't changed. This has always been who <sighs> I am. I'm still in the same place. Uh-huh. I'm still making music in the same studio. We're together, you're the one that is different. Mm-hmm. I see How he would see it that way. Yeah. I can't be wrong, but I can see how he's seeing it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just looking at how much his music changed from when they first met to this album came out. Yeah, it's
1: been six, seven, eight years. He's
0: not the same man. Heavens to Betsy. We should, none of us, be the same person. 10 years hence, and hopefully you can grow together. Yes,
1: that's the key, is that they've changed in different ways apart from one another than together as a conscious decision. Yeah. Um, But overall, I thought um, this is... Um, one of the greatest yeah, Prince Ballads really, recorded. Yeah, I thought it was really good. You know, as a... Yeah. I think you could put it in the category of a kiss-off song. Yeah. This, is, this yeah. is it. Yeah. And I I mean, I was trying to think if I could find a better one in Prince's catalog, and I I can't really think
0: of No, one. not really. This starts um, a series of songs that mm. have a super short chorus. Yeah. The chorus on this song is, I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Yes.
1: It's the title of the song.
0: That Mm -hmm. is it. That is the chorus. Yes. So I thought that was interesting. I noted that. Mm -hmm. And then let's move on to Silly Game. Okay. Once again, why do we play this silly game? There's the chorus.
1: Yeah, it's just a question.
0: It's just a question. Right. You know, repeated.
1: So I thought this was, you know, aside from my opinion on the song, it's a unique song in his catalog as a ballad. Kind of sugary, sweet. Um, this, I don't know, ballad mid-tempo kind of thing, but this is where the album starts to feel a little long to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, uh, this song is relatively short, two, three minutes and 30 seconds, but we're, we're in a string of ballads here. And this one is the most sugary of all of them and really sounds like something to me from emancipation, the kind of, um, production, electronic drums, kind of that plasticky, sort of production sound Mm -hmm. here. We do have Strings Again by Claire Fisher, which is always great, but I thought, again, this one is a little on the sappy side for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he blames a lover for tearing herself apart instead of taking care of herself. There's, you know, continues a string of a little bit of finger pointing Mm -hmm. here. Um, So we definitely are hearing Prince's side of the story throughout this album, (laughs) which I'll give him credit for. It's very personal. Yeah. And I know... That at this point, Prince has had his heart broken, but at this point in the album, I'm a little bit tired of hearing about it.
0: Well, and I kind of, you know, he's had his heart broken, but he's not accepting any of the responsibility for it. Yeah. And that yeah, he's feels really... a little disingenuous to me. Like,
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're married... I'm
0: going to give him some side eye There's on some, this one. Yeah.
1: There's some shared responsibility. <laughs> if, if it's come to this... It can't all fall on one person. Yeah. No matter how many songs you write about it, we have anything yeah. else to say about I that one? I thought it was
0: fine, maybe forgettable.
1: I'm not a fan. Yeah, um, I, this is one that's easy for me to skip. Yeah, not yeah, one, not one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, all right. Strange but true.
1: This is a cool song.
0: Yeah, it's not rapping. But, again, it's not quite speaking. Yeah. And, again, it feels very intimate to me. Very. It's, I mean, he's
1: up close, personal with the mic, speaking softly to you yeah. about, you know, things that are on his <laughs> part.
0: whispering in your ear. This is a good one to listen I like this one better in headphones than I do, oh, I like, on a speaker in a room. Yeah. Because it does feel like he's just up in your ear whispering.
1: Yeah. I I thought the placement of this track on the album was great because I'm ready for something like this, something yeah. completely different. I don't know if you remember the song Hypno Paradise My from the MPG don't Music remember. Club. It sounds a lot, this is kind of falls into that sort of category for okay. me, but you know, with Prince saying every door that opens, another one opens, strange but true. I've always seen this as Prince singing to Warner Brothers. Oh. This is not about him and Maite in my, in my uh-huh. mind, okay. in my mind. Um, it's about him and his former longtime label, You can see it as him singing to a lover, but just listen to the lyrics. So, and over this time I've learned, my life force is increased by knowing you. Every door that closes, another one opens. Strange but true. He said numerous times that he has no regrets for being signed to Warner Brothers. They set him up for success. He wouldn't be who he was without them. He wouldn't change anything about it. Then he says, you may have lost me, but I found myself. So mm-hmm. he went off to discover who Prince or the artist formerly known as Prince really is right um,
0: and he couldn't have done that without having without a this separation. conflict with him
1: yeah he says the ones who love me without condition this is my wealth
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so he's finding out who his true friends are and yeah. he's really with him in this journey that he's taken yeah yeah I just thought it was a really neat way to uh, you know where he's he's found himself
0: uh, again we have another super short chorus. Mm-hmm. Strange but true. Let's see what you can do.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. it. That's
0: it. There that we are. It. We're going to say it a few times. Yeah.
1: He has fun's, fun with, you know, turns of phrases too, with I'll understand and I'll stand under this affirmation now yeah. by the power invested in me. By God, all negativity bows. Yeah. So it's all about, I'm going to harness the power that I have to stay positive and harness uh, what's what's good.
0: Right. Yeah. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, That's I right. liked it. Lots of cool yeah. drum programming and funky keyboard work by mm-hmm. Prince. On I didn't like the, the synth
0: sounds at the end.
1: Oh, you didn't? Uh, uh, they remind me a little
0: bit of but, Black Sweat. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was as successful. Uh, wherever you go, whatever you do. This is not a cover of Richard Marx's Right Here Waiting. But <laughs> oh, that is... that. It, when is I, that I hear those remember? words, it would be only because I heard that song... A ton in yeah. the early 90s, yeah. and I think I had the cassette.
1: Oh, good for you. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> Isn't that the one that he lost the Grammy for Best New Artist for I, because he had recorded something before and they stripped it from him for some yeah, dumb I think reason? Yeah, so, yeah. How stupid. Yep. I thought this was kind of a, a little bit of, of a surprise at the close of an album, another kind of mid-tempo song, but we do get... Lindrum programming, which, sound, which, sound, which sounds a little bit more like 1980s classic Prince with this Lindrum and an electric guitar, distorted electric, electric guitar. Um, but it's a very sweet song. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a version of Silly Game that I like a little better.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, it's a fine love encouragement song.
1: Yeah. Not
0: groundbreaking, but it's fine.
1: Yeah, definitely not groundbreaking. This is the song I was referring to in Man of War that I feel like he wraps back around to.
0: Okay.
1: This is just me, man, thinking, (laughs) listening to this song. So this was almost, to me, like a final goodbye maybe to Maite, who this whole album centers around. Yeah. And he's saying, after all we've been through and after all I've said, after all you've said, He'll still be there for her. He's kind of wishing her well. Yeah. Um, kind of getting over what he's saying in, in Man of War where he says, you know, I need to get out of the city. I need to get away. Here he's saying, uh, go, be happy, uh-huh. be successful. And I'll,
0: I'll still be friendly with you.
1: Yeah. 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 So a little bit still, of redemption. Like, yeah. You don't agree?
0: It's
1: fine. It's fine. Oh, you're so angry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was an interesting turn of phrase. If you stay happy... What's yours is mine. Well, uh, I don't,
1: you don't. See I don't where understand he's going that. Here. Well,
0: it's just an interesting because usually, like, what's mine is yours is the colloquial saying.
1: Yeah, um, I saw that as you know the most important. You know, he said in the previous song, his wealth is in his friendships and people who truly support him. Right. So that's where I think he's okay. coming from with what's yours. If you're happy then, and I'm happy then together we're able to share in that at least.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Again, interpreted by man.
0: Right. That's, it's
1: absolutely valid. Mm -hmm. So Um, there's nothing, I don't think, offensive or, to me, off-putting about a song. You know, if you take it out of context, it's almost like a graduation song, you know? (laughs) It could be, Oh, the Places You Will Go by Prince.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay. Okay, and then we get a really long silence at the end of the song, yeah, we which do. is something you could do on physical CDs and I think was fairly popular thing to do in yeah. the 90s. You leave either a long silence at the end of a song mm-hmm. or you have... A whole bunch of extra Empty tracks. tracks that yeah. had nothing in them. They were all one-second silence tracks or right. whatever. And then you would have uh, some little Easter eggs hidden tracks.
1: Right. And our bonus for listening through five minutes and 33 seconds of silence at the end of this song is an ad.
0: i <laughs> 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 it was interesting only in that he this was a reaffirmation of his acceptance of the technology yeah. yeah and then only to you know fairly quickly to kind of reject it but it was fine do we know who did the speaking i don't it's know. Him. oh it's, it's prince it's prince
1: yes in a slow down oh, okay. uh, altered voice
0: oh okay yep. i didn't realize it was prince
1: yeah it's in a disguised voice pushing his own online wares you know he said you know uh, when he became an independent artist, he had albums to sell, so yeah. he was his biggest promoter. He was now become
0: a salesman, yeah.
1: yeah, but you know, unlike in the later years of his life, his websites were sort of hidden. You had to kind of know where they were to find them, and I right. think here um you know you, googling wasn't yet a thing, so yeah. here he prints your Google to yeah. you know your personal Prince assistant Prince to say, you know you can find me at my charity website, you can." Get more music and buy merchandise at uh-huh. 1-800-NEW-FUNK or 1-800, not funk. 1-800-NEW-FUNK.com. Right. You know, he's it's he's advertising his independent offerings, you know, which is, I think, sort of funny on a one-record deal with Arista where uh-huh. he's got a major level distributing it. He's got an ad hidden in it for his own agenda. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then we are rewarded for listening here's to the advertisement. Here's the real reward. Here's the real reward is... Pretty man. Pretty
1: man. Thank god this song is on this album.
0: Silly Prince is my favorite kind of prince.
1: Yeah, it's almost a, you know, another version of him doing his best Morris Day impersonation, uh-huh. you know, so I yeah. could see Morris singing this. Definitely about embracing. He starts it with, I mean, the the lyric that opens the song says it all, don't hate mm-hmm. me cuz I'm beautiful.
0: <laughs> in that in that funny voice. Oh. Yeah,
1: almost the Jamie Star kind yeah. of voice. Yep. Um, I also love that this is basically a duet between Prince and Maceo Parker. Uh Prince sings and Maceo kind of does his own thing back and forth. Yep. Um, I think it really could easily be credited as a duet between Prince and, and Macy Yeah. And playing sax, not, yeah. not singing.
0: We yeah. had a little bit of our feminist friend return. He wants this overconfident woman to come to him. He wants her to take the lead.
1: Yeah. And, you know, very funny moments of him saying, you know, <laughs> when I'm alone and no one's around, I <laughs> smell myself.
0: I walk by the mirror and I kiss it twice.
1: Yeah, not once, but Twice. twice
0: kiss himself not yeah. once but Let twice. Me, I'm, I'm
1: startled by my own beauty is mm-hmm. what I see here. Yeah. But in, you know, this is sort of like undisputed, but on a more fun level. Like I'm, I'm making it clear that I'm horsing around with you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I'm a good looking man uh-huh. and I'm so good looking. I'm pretty. I make girls and boys jealous uh-huh. and I have fun doing
0: it. Yeah. 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 Yep.
1: Awesome hidden There's track. little
0: screams. He calls mm-hmm. himself Princey at the end. Yes. It, it's, uh, there's, the only thing I don't like about the song is the mouth sounds at the beginning. Oh. There's like a little mouth yeah. sound right before he says, don't hate me because I'm beautiful.
1: It was almost him clearing his throat, though.
0: Yeah. It, Still, it was just, a, bit a little too wet and yeah, mouthy.
1: The but mouth sounds don't do well with No, you.
0: no, no. I don't like it. But other than that, there's yeah. a lot of words. It's fast. It's fun to sing. The horns are great. Yeah. It's funny.
1: Yeah, this is the housequake of Raven to Enjoy. Yeah. Raven to the Joy fantastic for sure. Definitely save one of the best tracks for for the end to leave you feeling pretty good on the way out.
0: Yep. All right, and that brings us to the end of Ooh. this long album Holy Smoke. Thank podcast. you for sticking with us. So, let's jump right into our rules. All we right. have a time capsule so, I'll go first because mm-hmm. I usually do on these things. All right. Um, and
1: up until this point, we have yet to agree on either the time capsule, the mountain, or the sea. Right. So, there's a lot at stake here.
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. So, while I thought the sun, the moon, and the stars, the Caribbean rap yeah. really dated it. Okay. I really thought every day is a winding road was. More of my time capsule because I remember hearing it on the radio so frequently yeah. at that time.
1: Yeah. Cheryl's version came out a few years earlier. Right. So, but I see what you're saying. That's like a, it was a late 90s. It's a song anyone who was age 14 or over in the mid 90s knows and will know forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely yes. a part of rock it and roll. It will be culture. on our
0: playlist when we take a our first driving vacation with our children. Yes, it will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I see where you're coming from, but I have a different one. (laughs) My time capsule, when I thought of uh, the late 90s and some of the uh, guest appearances on this album, I thought the time capsule needed to be so far so pleased. Mm. It sounds like no doubt. It really captures Prince reaching out to find... The current sound of the time. Yep. I don't think this song would sound like it did had it not been for No Doubt and Gwen Stefani. So I credit them a yep. lot with that. Um, and I think Prince did a, a great, um, a great job of capturing that sound and making it his own, even with uh, Gwen's guest appearance on the song. And I really still think that um, so far so Please could have been a great single. And so I think it's kind of you know opportunity missed, but really captures the I sound of that time.
0: Cannot argue with you at all. It's absolutely true. T- totally true
1: all right no agreement but no argument
0: yeah all right uh so i know you're not gonna agree with me this is not <laughs> gonna be the place where we agree i thought silly game uh-huh. was my second oh because c? it's second c uh uh-huh. silver metal <laughs> the silver medal for the low point okay because it was forgettable yeah i but agree it's a throwaway I didn't like Man of War. Oh, my God. Man of War. Man O War. Man of War. The, the, the no love for the Jellyfish song.
1: All right. Well, you make me sad.
0: Um, I know. Okay. I knew it would.
1: So I'm going to say I had a lot to think about on the C for this album. For this album. So first of all, I want to say in re- revisiting um, Raven to the Joy Fantastic so many times in the past week, it struck me that for an album that should be fun and has joy in the title, has a title that you think is going to be a party album... Prince doesn't sound particularly joyful in many places on this CD. Maybe with the exception yeah. of the title track, The Sun, the Moon, and Stars, Baby Nose, and Pretty Man. That's four songs out of whatever, 17 or something, that he sounds happy, and the rest of it sounds very heartbroken to me, and also very going through the motions to me. Okay. Um, I also think that a C could possibly be the waste of superstar cameos on an yes. album, that we've got not a single. Not a single single, not a one single featuring a superstar <laughs> tandem, and there were so many opportunities for a single choice from this there album. There should have been with, like there could be four, four singles like got from Chuck this C album, and Gwen Stefani and Cheryl Crow. And for a Clive Davis overseen album, the lack of follow through is just pretty piss poor from a commercial standpoint. Yeah, to me, this great. could have been much bigger, and I think um, Prince was disappointed for that too. And like I said, a lot of it was not his fault that the right. guy overseeing the album that he had the agreement with. Left the label just as you know the ramp up to this album started happening. So, mm-hmm. all that being said, I have to tell you the cover of "Everyday One Word" is a winding road. Oh, I just do not enjoy really at all. Oh. Um, well,
0: then I guess we'll put Cheryl Crow's version on her.
1: I much prefer the original. <laughs> I think it, you know he turned it into a club track, and we've got the. Oomch, 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 oomch. <laughs> All through the album, all through the song, yeah, um, it doesn't sound especially inspired to me. And no. when I think about cover versions, yeah, if you're going to cover it, different. you've got to add something to the original or
0: change it in some way that makes it uniquely yours.
1: Now, and he did change it in a way, but I don't think it even made it uniquely his. I think it made it a it
0: was Larry Graham's. remix,
1: or yeah. I, I don't know, just something is is off on it. And yeah, it is the one song on this album that I would rather not listen to. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. So the high point. The The mountain. The high point for me came Mm -hmm. at the very end, Pretty Man. I'm not surprised. Uh, No, I didn't think you would be. That is, it's just fun and funny and the novelty and Hmm. nobody else could sing a song like that. Nobody. Nobody nobody could sing a song like that and have it be successful and fun and enjoyable. People would call him pompous and maybe people did, but it doesn't... It feels pompous, but in the absolute best possible yeah, way. Yeah,
1: it's really him embracing everything that people see in him, you yeah. know. Very, very fun. It's like the, the mystery is pulled back. The veiled lyrics aren't there. It's just kind of a really fun, fun song. Yeah. So, I love it too. I, yeah. My Mountain is not really the song that I necessarily come back to listen to the most, or my favorite song. Okay. But... I was trying to pick the song that I thought on this album was the most well-crafted. Okay. So I know you don't agree, but it was a really (laughs) tough call for me between Man of War and I Love You, But I Don't Trust You Anymore. Okay. Um, So... You'll be glad to know that I chose <laughs> I Love You, but I don't trust you anymore as my mountain on this album. Because
0: I think it would be really heartbreaking if my sea were your mountain. That would make me very sad. So I'm
1: uh, but we, very,
0: very relieved. We I could, know that you don't like my sea, but... Well, I'm if relief. we
1: disagreed, we wouldn't write songs about it and point fingers at one another. <laughs> We'd figure out a way to get past it. But, you know... Uh, this song, I Love You But I Don't Trust You Anymore, and along with Tangerine, is everything that I felt that this album fails to be as a whole, which is simple and poignant yeah. and to the point and just beautiful. Yeah, um, There's some parts on this album that are, to me, not beautiful at all, that right. are trend chasing, not what Prince would have you believe and Undisputed. Yeah. And that's why I picked this one. I thought it was... A great way to highlight uh, having Annie DeFranco uh, on the track with him. If you don't know it's her, you know her playing, you know it's her, but she's not singing on the track. Right. Um, and just this quiet moment, a simple, whatever it is, three verses, and like you said, a chorus that is just the title of the song. Um, there's a lot going on in that mm-hmm. short period of time. And it's sort of like, to me, it's the sometimes it snows in April for Raven mm-hmm. to the Joy Fantastic.
0: Agreed. Okay, very nice. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we get to sit down and talk for oh quite a while about this album. It I was... don't know what it
1: is about this album. It took me more time to get through listening and thinking and making notes on this album than any other one that we've discussed so far. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can I can see that. It was a little. It was long, um, and there was there was a lot to say about a lot of these tracks, even like the ones that were. Forgettable. There was still stuff to talk about. That's right. Yeah. So um, next time we're going to talk about the remix album, the greatest romance maxi single, the songs by no doubt and Ani DeFranco and the two websites. So check all those things out and listen for next time and let us know what you think. Connect with us on the social media. You can email me, at tmatspodcast at gmail.com that's t-m-a-t-s podcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter tmatspodcast or you can find us on facebook it's a shortcut of podcast, or you can search the mountains and the sea of prince podcast. Either one will work. So we're so glad that you are with us today. And Come check us out next time. We had a great All right. time.
1: Also, hey, do we need to shout out Martin for suggesting oh, absolutely, that we yes. uh, review this album? We were put on this path by uh, someone who tweeted us and made a request.
0: Friend of the pod, Martin, at Interchemist. Thank you so much. You've sent us on a... Uh, cryptic journey here
1: yes you helped us create the first trilogy for the mountains and the sea awesome it'll be fun
0: yeah awesome all right take care